Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Welcome to the show, Gearheads. We just watched the Formula One Singapore Grand Prix. Welcome to the show. This is John Massengill sitting in studio with Les Kaiser. Oh, yeah. And Mr. Jonathan Green is not going to be joining us today. He's out earning some money, doing some commentary. So we'll try to get by without him. But yes, sir, Mr. Kaiser, what do you think about, what's your quick overall impression of the Singapore Grand Prix? Better than I expected. Ah, okay. You must have been reading the predictions of the starting grid of one, two, three. Right. Happens over and over and over winning the race. Yeah, I did. I like that. I like that uh, pit strategies actually really played a part, which reinforces my mantra let's shorten the life of the tires and get more pits per race pit stops i'm i'm good with that well you know you say better than expected it's it wasn't the greatest race we've no. had some really fantastic races in the last few yeah 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 and we can't complain and you know formula 1 is a, is many things it's technology it's racing it's all these but it's also the spectacle of which singapore never disappoints with the incredible venue and the night racing and you know it the how the city embraces and all that but but it was an interesting race at least it wasn't Paul Ricard where it was just right. nothing at least there was something going on there because at one point that strategy that was hard to follow you know with all the different tire strategies and and wondering what's going to happen but but let's talk about the results of the race Sebastian Vettel wins the race and could that be better timing for him after what he's been going through i tell you yes very definitely he needed that i think it's uh well deserved no matter i mean we you know even the even kubica who ensures there's a person in last place you know is an awesome driver yeah and 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 you know we got to get into his story because a lot of people don't realize what he's gone through if uh, if you haven't followed Formula One for a while, you don't realize what he's gone through and, and why he's where he is and what's so spectacular. Yeah, we but, definitely want to. We'll, yeah. we talk, we'll talk about Kubica but, because he's he's not going to race next year. Yeah, yeah. The big deal Singapore is a uh, you know quite often a very processional race. Yeah, because of that, you know, the history shows you know the the uh, the qualifying pretty much is the way it ends as well. <laughs> so, yeah, but yep. uh, great. Great, lots of strategy. Interesting between Leclerc and Sebastian Vettel, and how that played out. And so, uh, you know, there's going to be some interesting discussion. Absolutely, in, there's gonna be... in the <laughs> uh, post race debrief there. And uh, you know, I can't blame it. Was it taken from Leclerc? Possibly. I don't necessarily think so. I think Seb Seb worked at well in the undercut pit situation i don't know i there you can argue this both ways but hey we want to get your opinion on this give us a call 512-643-LIVE 512-643-5483 we're going to give out some formula one tickets to the uh, united states grand prix here in austin november 3rd to some callers today so give us a call uh i'm going to disagree with you i think that ferrari think that was a team call i, I it was a team call and you heard both of them in the interviews right. It was a team call, and it was a um, it was a team call, and and I think Leclerc should have won this race. I think that that they that they made 
the wrong call because because had they they could have easily had Hamilton pitted, he could have won the race. Right. So I think that that was not the right call, and I think they took it from Leclerc because of that. So, uh, well, hey, we do have a caller on the phone. We've got we got Mike from California. Hey, Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning. Uh, pretty good race. Um, you know, the typical uh, top three teams uh, at the top, but uh, the the background of the and of the race was pretty good because there was some options for some new guys to uh, kind of stretch the legs a little bit. Uh, I was impressed with the Giovinazzi uh, Alfa Romeo at the front. Uh, yeah. yeah. What did you guys think? Yeah, it was the first time that uh, <laughs> that uh, Alfa had been in front of a race since, what, 1983 Three. or something yeah. like that. So <laughs> it's, yeah, it was uh, good wow. to see that, yeah. You know, and Antonio and- is an excellent driver. He's a uh, he capitalized on his opportunity. I'm glad he showed well. Oh, yeah. And uh, you had picked uh, Albon as one of your lead uh, uh, you got it. potential winners, and I thought he did pretty good holding his own back there. I think he did, too. I think he did, too. You know, I'm, I'm very happy with what I see in him. When you watch his racing style, his craft, how he manages traffic, uh I think we're going to see him for quite a while around. I don't think it's going to be a flash in the pan. Yeah. And uh, Ricardo, I mean, he I really thought he had a potential podium. Uh, he was carving up himself up to the, to uh, you know, the top ten. And yeah. into that uh, scrap with the other driver. You know what? I, I said it to Les earlier while the race was on. That I think Ricardo had a chance at driver of the day because man he was he was uh, he had more passing and more activity in the back of the race than uh, than we saw certainly I mean yeah you, you don't see driver of the day given to anybody but the winner or somebody in the top three or four or something but but Ricardo had a great race I I agree with you he could have done better but hey Mike have you uh, have you been to Austin to the the United States Grand Prix here No but I I tell you I. I would love to. Uh, the last, <laughs> I'm going to age myself. The last Grand Prix I went to was uh, watching Mario Andretti win the U.S. Grand Prix out here in the West Coast. Oh, well, you, nice. That's a nice, nice one to have uh, under your belt. That's great. Well, how about a couple of tickets to come to Austin? We've got a pair of race <gasps> tickets we can give you. I am stoked. Thank you. <laughs> Fantastic. I can't believe it. I am just so stoked. Thank you so much. I I wanted to ask you about the U.S. Grand Prix, though, uh, with the DRS uh, zones. Do you think that uh, they might add uh, a few like they did in Singapore? You know, I, I haven't heard any rumor of that. That's a good question. I'm thinking about where and if they might. I, uh, uh, You know, I honestly don't because of the length of any straights. Yeah, uh, right. you've got them on the obvious straights, but uh, beyond that, you might get back towards uh, turn ten uh, is a possibility, but I don't know that it would go there. Yeah, the, good thought though. DRS through the ribbons or the turns there and uh, the two to tens. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I am. I'm. I can't thank you guys enough. That that is just. <laughs> I'm, I'm over right now. Thanks. Oh, that's fantastic. Right. That's great. Well, well, hang on the line, and uh, our producer will get your info, Mike. And thanks for calling, and thanks for listening.
Oh, you guys make it worthwhile getting up at 3.30 in the morning, that's for sure. <laughs> hey, fantastic. Great to hear, though. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Talk to you soon. Thanks. I'll hang on. Yeah. Yeah, he's out in California. He was up at 3.30 watching the race. That's that's awesome. And, you know, I, I hear more and more folks doing that uh, because they don't want to go on a social media blackout that they get up and they want to make sure and see it live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's... You know, that's one thing technology in the world is making it tougher not to not to know the answers now, <laughs> before you actually get to see the race. Mike's out there in California where they're going to have that festival, another one of those Formula One festivals. Yeah. We talked about it in the pre-show, but yeah, they're going to have a festival out. Well, in, hopefully uh, he misses it and just comes to Austin for the real yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> just going to say, well, maybe he could see that on Wednesday and then uh, catch a flight uh, out there and you go. come on Thursday there or something you go. like that. Well, let's talk about the race some more. Um, let me run down the, uh, the, the, the order here. So we had... Sebastian Vettel won the race. Charles Leclerc, Max Verstappen on the podium. Then Lewis Hamilton, Valtteri Bottas, Alexander Albon, Lando Norris in seventh. He needed a good finish after having some yeah. having some taken away. Pierre Gasly in eighth. Hulkenberg ninth. Giovinazzi tenth. Gro- Roman Grosjean just outside the points in right, 11. made point again. Yep. Oh, we got to see what happened with that contact that he had earlier in the race. That uh, Honestly, it really did look like Grosjean's... Uh, fault on that one and who did he run into let's see because i mean it was it was certainly it looked like uh it was george russell that's right that's right Mm. it was george russell first out for williams first dnf of the whole year and i think that that grosjean could easily get tagged for that so after that was carlos Sainz, who had some trouble during the red lance stroll who uh, pitted three times and definitely had his own troubles Daniel Ricciardo ended up at 14th, Kvyat 15th, Kubica, and then Magnussen. A while ago, you said Robert Kubica at the back. Well, not today. Yeah, today Kevin uh, Magnussen, Magnussen took that. Yeah. Dubious honor. Are we still using it that yeah, way? Yeah, well, that's cer- <laughs> it's certainly a proper use in this case. Yeah, that's kind of sad. I saw Magnussen put on the, the soft tire. Now, it's funny. They put on the soft tires, got the technically the fastest lap, but you don't get the point unless you're in the top 10. Right. So... I don't know to why me, they I, did that. To me, I kind of feel like that kind of defeats the purpose of a of the fast lap. It it takes out uh, some of those uh, the back of the field. Yeah, from that is getting kind of weird. that opportunity. Yeah. I kind yeah. of I kind of hope they do away with that. Yeah, but but why did Haas send him out to go get the fastest lap if he's not in the top ten? I don't know. Self confidence. I don't know. Who knows? I mean, you know, at that point, they're still collecting data and everything. So you know, it, yeah. Who knows? You're out of the points. You're back there. Let's just see what we can do and see what we can learn while we're here. Yeah. Uh, well, so it was, um, yeah, I, I think that we put it earlier. The race, all things considered, was a good race because there was some excitement. There was some strategy. And there was some action going on, like we said. Ricardo was was uh, passing cars. There was how many safety cars? I think there was three, right? So we had one at thirty lap 36 after Russell went out. After his tangle with Grosjean, and then we had another at forty-four with when uh, Sergio Perez had a mechanical failure, and and those both of those lasted four laps, so there was a lot of tires cooling down, which may have been what got Magnussen. I don't know, maybe so, but you know they had so many so much trouble with tires, and then the last safety car was on lap fifty when Raikkonen and was hit by Kvyat. And they said that one would be um, discussed after the race, so we'll check on that. 
But yeah, so we had three safety cards. But you know what? Well, let's go ahead and take a break or get a break out of the way. Make this a quick one, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Speed City live from Austin, Texas. Back up these messages. As a rider, you know what you like. Power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers, the best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. At Circle Brewing, the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer. You won't find any chemicals or additives, only water, malt, hops, and yeast, and absolutely nothing else. Just simple ingredients and outstanding taste. It's German purity with Texas ingenuity. Find the brews on tap all over town in your favorite store or drop by the tap room at 2340 West Breaker Lane. Open Thursday and Friday nights and weekends. Log on to circlebrewing.com. Circle Brewing Company. Born, bred, and brewed in Texas. Austin's Talk 1370. Hi, this is Gene Haas, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Welcome back to the show. You realize... That's five wins in Singapore for Sebastian Vettel. More than anybody else in Singapore. So he likes Singapore. He likes rough streets. He likes the night. Yeah. Sounds like the beginning of a song. (laughs) You know, uh, I, I think it was, there's obviously some, there's some luck in any motorsports, but definitely lucky, a little bit lucky today for Sebastian Vettel to, uh, to win this race. Well, I want to go back to the team call on that. Okay. Uh, what was the motivation? Is it to coddle Seb a little bit? Do you, uh, do you think that I, they wow, looked I don't, ahead? I don't know. Do you think that they looked ahead and looked at the pace, thinking Seb was indeed going to be able to come out ahead of Leclerc and continue? Or do you think they were going to come out and, and let him kind of fight for a little bit and then make a call? I, I question all of those uh, because, yes, they, they obviously made the call for the pits. But, I you know, the way Ferrari's made some calls this year that have been pretty questionable in my mind, I don't know what they were thinking. Why don't we get uh, some callers? 512-643-LIVE, 512-643-5483. Give us a call. Tell us what you think, what that strategy call is all about. But, I you know, it definitely handed the race to Leclerc, and he was – he was towing the company line in the post-race interview. He says, uh, it's always difficult to lose a win like that, but it's a one-two for the team, and I'm happy about that. We arrived looking maybe for a podium and leave here with a one-two, so that's fantastic for us. So Good man. Yeah, he's towing, doing the right thing. You know, he's got a long career ahead of him, still got plenty of season left. Yeah, don't poison the well yet. <laughs> and you realize this is the first one-two ever for a team at Singapore. Interesting. Yep. Very interesting. Yeah, I was hoping for Leclerc. I thought it would have been fun to have him three in a row and have some really crazy momentum. Oh, I mean, yeah. You know, because if he keeps doing what he's doing, 
there, there's there's no catching Lewis Hamilton, I don't think. I haven't really looked at that math. I've kind of stopped looking at the math a few races ago when they were so yeah. far ahead. But, uh, but yeah, it, it was a, a great day for Ferrari and, you know, a good day for Formula One because we wanted to, after having the dominance we had with Mercedes early in the season, we needed this continued wins for for Ferrari. So this is good 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 for the sport. Absolutely. Uh let's look down the grid a little bit. So Vettel Leclerc Verstappen, you know, he had he had he had a nice little battle there at with Hamilton right at the end of the race. I mean cuz yeah. it looked, you know, it looked like well Hamilton got well inside DRS. You knew he wasn't going to take a chance. There was silly not to take a chance, but right. But yeah, that was some good racing we had at the end there. You know, I I agree. I like the way that played out. I'm liking Leclerc going toe to toe with Hamilton so much. I oh, yeah. absolutely love this that he's the new young spirit on the track and he's not being intimidated. He's in the hunt. He continues to do it. He's not in silver. What more could you want? Yeah, I wish we well, I wish we <laughs> wish we'd had some more of that direct racing today. That would have been nice. But but yeah, I know what you're saying is that this I mean, really that is what I want to see more than anything right now. It'd be nice to, you know, if we had Hamilton, Leclerc and Verstappen battling every race, I mean, that would be amazing. I mean, looking at what Leclerc did in that qualifying lap, I mean, that, you know, you see occasionally those qualifying laps that are just really something to to remember. And that one, to me, may have been, I don't know, maybe the best of the season. I know okay. it's, hard to, it's hard to do that when they're fresh on your mind like that. But, man, knowing. But my point is, is that Leclerc is he, doing that here when you've got those walls right there. Yeah. Doing that here when you knew that to to win this race, you really needed to get pole. I mean, yeah. he did everything you needed to do. It kind of reminds me of Hamilton because you don't see Leclerc making mistakes on on Saturday and Sunday, you know, qualifying and race. Right. You, you remember we talked about this earlier in the year, how how Hamilton just doesn't make those mistakes. It's funny, yep. right after that he made one or two, but he just doesn't do that very often where we have seen that from Vettel this year and last year. But this is what I'm thinking about Leclerc is that he is, you know, he's – Ice in his veins, kind of, but he's also got enough passion to do what he did yesterday and do what he had to do to get that pole. Yeah, yeah, he uh, he's something else. Maturity beyond his years, for sure. And I'm loving even the things that are going on in the back. I want to see Daniel Ricciardo back on the podium. I mean, absolutely. You know, I'm liking the shakeup of what's going on back there. I'm not liking the part that Haas keeps seeming to get up towards the front and even, you know, the best of the rest. It's a struggle for them right now. And that's where it, I really, uh, I don't know. I just don't, I don't know what needs to be done at Haas. And uh, though I do like Roman Grosjean as a person, he's solid history. I question their choice on that. Uh, yeah. I mean, today's a good example. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, he's had, He's had uh, some good runs where he had a lot of good races put together and looked good, but I don't know. I, I'm with you. I, I've been trying to not trash him when everyone was trashing him, but I just don't know if I agree with 
with that either. But right. Hey, let's look at the, the. So did Albon? I wanted to think about Albon, how he's doing, and and you know that's good. that's one of the big stories right now. What's going to happen with that other seat with Verstappen? So so Albon started. He started sixth and ended fish fifth. And same with um, no Lando started ninth and finished seventh. That's right. That's right. Because Carlos Sainz started seventh. So yeah, Alexander Albon started sixth and ended ended sixth. What do you think about his race today? I'm good with it. He held his own. Uh, you know, I was hoping for a little bit of advancement, but I also thought that um, our yellow flags and our safety car situations would have created more attrition, uh, more you know, more retirements and uh, kind of surprised it didn't, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I love to see Lando up there because I think he's, he's such a, a fun, uh, such a fun guy to watch and, and really on social media too. Uh, we have a caller on the line. Ah, oh, we got a regular, we got Andy P on the line. Hey Andy, how's it going, buddy? Good morning, guys. How's it going? Good. I want to hear your uh, intelligent assessment of the race. You always have a fantastic insight. What did you think today? I thought this was one of the stranger races I've watched in a very long time. Um, From the first part of the race where everyone was driving deliberately slow. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, kind of making me have flashbacks to, you know, that Q3 Monza debacle. Um, Did you hear what... Did you hear what yeah, Brun- Brundle said about that? He said, this is the kind of pace that could get you fired. I don't know if you heard Yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I go mean, ahead. It was, it was really, really strange. And then so you, you have that. You have the, the strange strategy call at Ferrari that, that turns Leclerc's seemingly winning race into a second place. And then you had Giovinazzi leading the race for a good 10 laps there. It was incredibly weird to watch. It was. You're right. Absolutely right. It was a weird race. You know, I said at the top of the show, I thought it obviously wasn't a great race or anything, but it wasn't some debacle, you know, miserable race to to sit through or anything like that. So, but it was, I think you're right. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it was a weird race. And there was a couple other things that were bothering me about the race. Um, I just, but I think that that pace was for sure the weirdest thing. But, but yeah, it, but just overall, it was a very unusual race. Yeah, and and that and that's going to lead into I I think some not not we didn't see it today. Obviously, uh, it didn't happen today. But Leclerc and Vettel, we're going to see that battle now. I think ramp up to the next level, and this is where Ferrari management now comes uh, very much into play. Okay, so what do you think about the call? the team call for the pit when they did it for the undercut. What do you think? Do you think that was, do you think that was motivated? Like less intimated while ago, motivated to build confidence for Vettel. Do you think it was uh, that they think this was best for the team? Do you think that, what do you think it was? And do you think that Hamilton could have won it? Had they pitted? I think the Ferrari call was probably one that was best for the team, which to me doesn't make sense given where they are in the constructors at this point. Um, the Hamilton keeping him out made no sense to me. Um, yeah. And I think Mercedes threw a win away today. Yeah. And what do you think they were doing? Going for a, a safety car? They were, it, it was obvious to me that they were trying to see if, the traffic from the midfield cars in front was enough to hold up Leclerc, Vettel, and Verstappen uh, when they got there. The problem was 
those those midfield cars weren't enough of a moving chicane, and it really backfired on the Mercs today. Yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, that it was a mistake, a rare mistake by, you know, the, uh, Mercedes strategy is typically as good as everything else on that team, as good as the driving, as good as the 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 uh, the engineering. I think that 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 was a rare mistake today. And uh, I mean, look, let's face it, mathematically, it's it's probably not going to make a difference in the end. Nobody will even think much about it in the long term, but. What about down the grid, Andy? Any anybody else catch your eye? Uh, about any other drives down below? I mean, I know you're you're happy about Lando Norris being up there. It was nice to see um, the car finish. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the last lap, um, and and he it did well to hold off P seven uh, from a from a charging Gasly there at the end. Um, really, kind of feel bad for Carlos Sainz. You know, just kind of gets a puncture on lap one. Fought really hard, stayed out. Got a lap down, got a, got two safety cars, and, and gets all the way up to P12. What could have been again for the team, but hey, you know they extend their lead in the in the constructors in fourth place. So I'm happy about that. Yeah. Hey, one last thing I want to ask you: What do you think about this driver, the fastest lap deal with outside the top ten? And why did they send? Why did Hassan Magnussen out? Well, that's a good question. Well, I, I, I think those tires were done. He had gotten all the way to the last running car on the. Uh, on the grid at that point. Um, I think the fastest lap that he got was kind of almost coincidental. He was probably so far behind. He was the only one in clean air. Um, hmm. If you, if you extended the fastest lap point all the way down to P20, you'd have Williams trying this every race. And I don't think you necessarily want to have that. And it was, again, it just kind of goes into the strangeness of how this race played out. Nobody in the top six could, could do that strategy to try to get that one last point. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I don't know. I, I'm game for the the back of the grid, you know, arm wrestling themselves for that point. I mean, it could cause a big mess, though. Well, Andy, thanks a lot, buddy. Appreciate you calling in. We're gonna take a break, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in. Take care, bud. Yeah, have a good one. All right, all right. We got to go ahead and take a quick break. You're listening to Speed City Live in Austin, Texas. Back after these messages. At Circle Brewing, the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer. You won't find any chemicals or additives, only water, malt, hops, and yeast, and absolutely nothing else. Just simple ingredients and outstanding taste. It's German purity with Texas ingenuity. Find the brews on tap all over town in your favorite store or drop by the tap room at 2340 West Breaker Lane. Open Thursday and Friday nights and weekends. Log on to circlebrewing.com. Circle Brewing Company. Born, bred, and brewed in Texas. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Howdy, I'm Andrew Monaco, voice of the Texas A&M Aggies. All-American Dave Elmendorf and I are bringing a little bit of Kyle Field to Austin. Join us for the 12th Man Happy Hour on Monday, September 30th. 
enjoy an evening of cocktails, food, and Aggie football talk at Bob's Steak and Shop House. Dine on fried lobster, beef tenderloin, and more as Andrew and Dave break down all things Aggies past and present. It's the 12th Man Happy Hour. Ticket info at 12thmanhappyhour.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hello, I'm Jenny Gale from BBC F1. You are listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Good job by the BBC team doing play-by-play, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, we appreciate everybody who has called in, but we have another caller on the line. We got uh, we got George from Virginia. Welcome to the show, George. Hey, everybody. How are you doing this morning? Uh, we're doing great. How are you? Great. Um, I Complicated guess you race, right? Night. Yeah, it was a. It really showed the strategy of F one. It showed the internal workings of a team. I would love to be in the Ferrari um, motorhome briefing room. <laughs> I think we all want in there. Yeah. I, I, I think a young man is going to realize that he's part of a corporation <laughs> today. That's a really good – yeah, that's a that's a good assessment. He's part of a company. That was a company move. But, you know, I'm not even going to do my usual Haas rant this morning. <laughs> I mean – I mean, I never heard of a guy sign an extension but turns in a, a piss-poor performance the next day or next weekend. But really, Haas really needs – I told a friend of mine who's a program manager who has a background in engineering, I said, you need to apply for it to Haas <laughs> and see if you can get that tire situation straight. And I did it with a straight face. Oh, yeah. I mean, I it, believe it. It's, re- it's, really, it's really bad. But, back, but, but to the race – um, it showed, I don't know if Ferrari made improvements or Mercedes had some deficits that weren't overcome, um, but it was, it was, it was, it was sort of apparent. I'm happy for Vettel. Uh, this, I, 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 is it safe to say this, this win saved this season or his drive with Ferrari? Is it too much of a stretch to say that? Um, I, if, if he had battled and done a flawless race in a in a in a different situation i would agree with that but today he was kind of i mean look how many how many how much time do we spend under safety car and and how much time did we spend going around at three-quarter speed it's not like it's not like he battled the whole race yeah he didn't make a mistake right so number one tick that box he didn't make a mistake but I, I don't know if this was a season in career saving. Now it might be from a competence standpoint because we all know that uh, there you go. that you know that racing. If you don't have confidence racing, you're you got nothing. So yeah, I, I don't know. Like like your your like your fellow um, commentator who goes to Monaco and hobnobs with the <laughs> the uh, elite. Last year I went to Singapore, but I didn't go to the race. I went there for business in December, ah. and I literally walked part of the um, the track. That's I cool. mean, there is not. I mean, it's literally. I mean, it's literally a street circuit. I mean, we we can see that. Yeah. But I mean, literally, it's literally like, you know, like driving, you know, down your cul-de-sac. I mean, in some areas, it's just the streets are so small, so it's just not much room to pass. But it's a beautiful. Yeah. That's got to be Singapore. Has to be one of your 
destination cities, gentlemen. You you have to go there. Ah, uh, yeah. It's I, on my I list, want to go man. to Barcelona and I want to go to Singapore and, and Phillips Island both. But uh, George, I got to bounce back. I, I know we're kind of glossing past the Haas decision to keep Grosjean on. Christian Horner said something about he doesn't see why Haas signed Grosjean, and he's calling it an interesting choice. And then he also states that Hulkenberg is a fine quality driver. And then, you know, as I listened to this, as he was going on, it sounded like he was about to say, hmm, I'd consider Hulkenberg. But he immediately made a 90 degree turn (laughs) and said, Red Bull has a deep pool of talent and we don't need to look any further. (laughs) Well, I don't know if you listen. I I mean, I listened to, I was switching between, Serious in the television, but they said the Hulkenberg price was too high for Haas. Yeah, I. They said he wanted. They said he wanted more money, but I think Hulken. I mean, it's sort of focusing on where you gentlemen at in Texas, because you know I'm in D.C., so those Cowboys are my hated enemy. So it's almost like if you know, if you're a young team, you want to bring in Des Bryant, but Des Bryant wants X amount of money, but he has the skill set. But you don't have the money to pay him. Yeah. But I know Hawk has deep pockets. I still think Grosjean retaining Grosjean was a bad move unless you want him just for technical feedback. And they said that his technical feedback was to decide factor. But I think Hulkenberg's age and price tag may have pushed him out of Hawk's range. Well, late, uh, let's see, I believe it was uh, early this week. Grosjean said he has a new sponsor for 2020 in his pocket. And that, uh, that would sure explain it's... everything. Yeah. As we know. And it's that's a, like... where it, I, I think that was the tipping point of the engineering speak that he's capable of and new fresh money coming in in 2020 to add in. So yeah. I, like you said, yeah, George, no, it's, rich, a, it's a corporation. Rich, the rich energy thing fell through a couple of weeks ago. They just, Say we're done. Yeah, I didn't even pay attention to the livery. I didn't know if Rich Energy was on there or not. They Old just Fox. removed. They they kept the livery, obviously, but they just removed the logos and just did a, a subtle, you know, elimination. It, they did. Exa- you just typified exactly what they were hoping to do. Is that nobody even noticed that right. Rich Energy's gone? The, the black and gold livery is still there. And by the way, I'm going to step back when you said. Uh, Des Bryant, Les was like, what's he talking about? Les is not. Desi Arnaz? He doesn't know anything outside of motor racing at all. If it's a stick or a ball, he doesn't even know what you're talking about. So you just lost him on that. (laughs) I'm sorry, brother. I'm sorry. I love F1, but I love love football too. um, Me too, George. it It was a typical, it was a typical, Singapore race, you know, the pole sitter, but um, I'm happy for Vettel. Um, but we know it's going to be Lewis at the end, so we've got to see what happens in the background. Yep. Well, George, thanks for calling, buddy. We appreciate it. We appreciate you tuning in. All right, gentlemen. Have a great day. Take All care, right. bud. You too. Yeah, I think uh, what you just said about money and Grosjean, that would explain everything. Yeah, it's not rem- the first time. <laughs> Pastor Maldonado. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, rumor has it that uh, that is something that he's got already in the queue. I hadn't heard that. I, where did you hear that? It was just... As one of the online things said that uh, he actually has a French sponsor hmm. uh, in line to come on. So that, certainly that'd be good for him as well. 
Yeah, that uh, that might explain it. So uh, let's see what else about today's race. Uh, it was interesting. It was weird. It was different. And it was very strategic. It was very complicated, you know, keeping up with keeping track with all that. Yeah. You needed a slide rule and, and a uh, do your gazintas. Yep. Yeah, to try to figure out the lap times and and where everybody was going to end up and all that. I really, I really do want to hear what Ferrari ends up saying about why they pitted when they did and all that, and also want it same thing from Mercedes. Why, you know, why did you wait to pit Hamilton? Good question. Good question. I uh, looking back to Mercedes though, Valtteri Bottas. I mean, I, I wasn't trying to be smart about it, but he just seemed like he was on cruise control. Just out for his Sunday drive, what I didn't feel like he ever really got in a heated battle with anybody or showed a great, great assertion to get up to Lewis and to challenge. He just kind of, okay, this is where I'm going to be, and I'll get to the end of it when I get there. That, that's kind of Botas-like, actually. But, hey, I got, a, I got another, you know, earlier I said, you know, Vettel was chosen, I think he was the chosen one for the final uh uh, driver of the day, but I said about possibly Daniel Ricardo driver of the day, but what about Antonio Giovinazzi? He finished his second, high, you know, last week or two weeks ago was his best finish ever at ninth. I think this week he finished 10th and he led the race for a few laps. How about that? That's, uh, that's yeah, deserving of driver of the day, right? I, I'm, I'm probably not a good one to uh, <laughs> cast a vote on that because Antonio is, is one of those nice guys. Um, uh, Got to host the event here uh, to MC his interview last year here. I like him as a person. His driving skills are showing well. The Italians like him. Even when he gets half his hair lopped off only on one oh, side yeah, that's right. for, for placing so well. <laughs> I forgot about that. But uh, I really do like him. I think he's going to be fitting for everybody around the Ferrari you know, Tifosi there. So uh, I'm good with it. Good guy. Let's let's see more from him. What he who's whose spot will he take in Ferrari? I don't think he's going to get anybody unless Seb exits. Yeah, I I don't I don't know. I we've got a few races left to see what how Sebastian Vettel bounces back from all of what he had been through and how this race affects him. But you know what I'd really like to see is to see some of these. uh, I don't want all I can think of is underling at the second. Some of these customer drivers, Antonio, for instance, get to go up to the factory team and go out in one of their cars. Let him spend some time in one of their cars and see how he performs. Now, the problem is, you know, they just have so little time anymore. So little, yeah. so little testing, nothing compared to years ago. Not even that many years ago, you get a lot more testing. So you don't get much testing. You don't get much. I mean, it's so rare to get any time in... Uh, how about any time you have more than a couple of drivers, they have to go to like the uh, the combine football camp and uh, show what they can do in a in a spec car. <laughs> yeah, that's you do know a little bit about football, okay? Uh, hey, I want to talk about Robert Kubica or Kubica, depending on when you talk about yeah, him. <laughs> depending when you hear about. Um, you know, it was it was one of the greatest comeback stories in sports. I mean, what much came... less Formula One or anything else, and now he's going to retire from. He's he's gonna he's gonna you know not continue with Williams' team. And so, 
so why is he? Let's talk about that. Why is, you know, why do people say what they say about Kubica in coming back to it? In 2011, he was involved in a terrible rally crash. And uh, he's quite capable of rally racer and everything. And uh, you'll notice he's got some problems with his arm and he's had a lot of injuries going through, but he really has come back. What's he going to do next? You know, because he's not going to stay in Williams. He's leaving on his own terms, as Williams has stated. And so uh, we're asking, where's he going to go? Is he going to go back to rally? Is he going to go to rally cross? Is he going to get on the microphone? But he's made it very clear he wants to continue racing in some form, but he doesn't feel like Formula One is the right place for him right now. Yeah, I uh, I know this is maybe the negative way to look at this, but I wondered if, you know, whenever there's an exit from a team or an organization, it's like, is it you can leave or you can retire? Is it Was it actually his choice is yeah. what I'm getting at? Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. But, uh, you won't be driving for us next year. Do you want to open the door yourself? <laughs> yeah, and, you know, and I hate to think that way because – it is such an amazing story that he's come back and raced with the the disability that he has, I guess, well, really is a way to yeah. put it. So. And my thoughts are uh, now we're looking at the empty seat at Williams. Yeah. And, what are the uh, names? We, well, the Canadian Nicholas Latifi yeah. has come up. Well, Jonathan has done uh, interviews with Latifi, I think. Has he, I don't think he's been on the show. Yeah. I think he's done some interviews with him. But. So, uh, you know, that that's going to be ex- interesting. I think he he is more apt to come in at a budget that Williams could afford. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yep. Uh, and you know, it, it is been painful to watch Williams this year. I mean, yeah. you know, with the history of that team, it's been painful to watch and, but yeah, I, I think it's great that it happened that Kubica came back and finished the season and Hey, he didn't finish last today. So <laughs> He had a good day today, and uh, <clears throat> and hopefully <laughs> <laughs> that was painful right there. Ah, that was you had painful. to say it. Well, what happened to Magnuson? Did his tires get so cold during all the safety cars, the fifteen laps of safety cars, or whatever it was? I think it was around eleven laps of safety cars. I don't know very what well happened, be. but uh, that's a you know everything about that is so critical. I mean the the, the silly thing. Uh, uh, who was it? They they were talking about cool your brake, one brake. Yeah. yeah. Could you please cool the left front rotor, please? All right. Well, we uh, we need to go ahead and take another break, and uh, we'll make this a quick one. And uh, stick with us. Listen to Speed City live from Austin. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in Dayanese leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. At Circle Brewing, the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer. You won't find any chemicals or additives, only water, malt, hops, and yeast, and absolutely nothing else. Just simple ingredients and outstanding taste. It's German purity 
with Texas Ingenuity. Find the brews on tap all over town in your favorite store or drop by the tap room at 2340 West Breaker Lane. Open Thursday and Friday nights and weekends. Log on to circlebrewing.com. Circle Brewing Company. Born, bred, and brewed in Texas. Talk 13-7, the right choice. Hey, it's Patrick Lindsay driving the Park Place Motorsports Porsche, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Hey, did you see that Sterling Moss turned 90 this week? Oh, that is so cool. That it's not often so we can cool. say there's talk about a racing driver who was finished his career before we were born. <laughs> that was Sterling Moss. Wow, yep. that's uh, pretty amazing. But, hey, Les, we were talking about... Robert Kubica, when we went to the break, just one last little thing. I I think that uh, there was a, a really good article on Formula1.com that, that really kind of summed it up, and it said, forget the results. Kubica's F1 comeback has been a triumph. And it starts off saying this wasn't, suppo- this wasn't how it was supposed to end. He made a spectacular return to Formula1, you know, after eight years after suffering that insane injury right yeah and i know this this wasn't how it was supposed to end and uh but he even said that it was the biggest achievement of his life and that's how he wants it to be remembered so uh, and you know remember and this article talks about it he was he recently said he had a drive to he had an invitation to drive for ferrari just think how different that whole you know Right, his whole career could have been. But anyway, check out that article if you get a moment. Oh yeah, he was you know before that uh, rally crash, he was on trajectory to be you know really huge in Formula One. Yeah, but it's a very physically demanding sport, and uh, uh, I think that's a big part of it. I want to uh, touch on another topic: Juan Manuel Correa, the American who was racing. In Formula 2, uh, there's a medical update. It is dated the 20th, so I guess this was Friday. But it's some good news. He said it's been removed from the ECMO machine, which is that machine that that helped him breathe and helped lung situ- situations for people in this kind of accident. And it said, uh, so he's been removed from that machine, the life support, and taken out of the induced coma. And it says, well, this is great news and a major step in the right direction. He's still in a race against time. He's conscious but not yet fully awake. And the doctors report this will take a few days be, due to being introduced, induced into a coma for more than two weeks. Right. But, but they, they also stated that he's fragile and still vulnerable, medically speaking, and that he remains in the intensive care unit. His condition has been upgraded from critical to serious. But the priority now, they say, shifts from the lungs and keeping him alive in that way to the leg injuries that he sustained a, a couple of weeks ago. And that horrible death of Antoine de Hubert and that has just, you know, rocked the entire motorsports world from Formula One to NASCAR, everybody jumping in and talking about it. Uh, but but those injuries, apparently, the longer you go, uh, the, the he needs to have surgery on those. And he right. can't have surgery while he's on those machines or, of course, while he's sure. in an induced coma. They're trying to prevent irre- irreversible injuries to his right uh, lower extremities. So... Uh, but you know, I've been. If you follow his uh, him on Twitter, they're giving updates there, and I think uh, racetechdevelopment.com dot com is uh, racetechdevelopmentgroup.com dot com is his the managing organization for him. So yeah, we're looking forward to hearing some more good news about that. 
Hey, so, uh, you know, we've talked about changes here recently. Uh, folks trying to figure out how to spice up Formula One a little more so. So the reverse grid idea was brought to Formula One, and I just cannot think of how to how that would work. You know, if you start playing with reverse gridding, it's going to mess with qualifying. Somebody might sandbag in qualifying to be halfway up in the field to, to start the race that much further up. I really am not a fan of the reverse grid. I don't see how that's ever going to work in Formula One. You know, I, in lower series, um, you know, I think they use that in the US F3 and US F4 championships. I think, uh, Jonathan, I heard him talk about that. I'm trying to remember here. Yeah. Like, I haven't followed that super, super close, but I think that it is. Yeah, I, I agree. In Formula One, I, I don't like the idea. I'm thinking, you know, I'm still trying to figure out what to do uh, to spice up the rest of the weekend. I still think uh, qualifying ought to be your the average of your five best laps or the average of however many laps in your qualifying and you must do a minimum number of laps, et cetera. Uh, I like that so that it kind of does away with the flying lap at the end of your session. It, mm-hmm. Another, you got to do this all the time to stay up there, and and we and it stretches out the the fast laps so that you've got to do them more consistently. You got to be up there. You can't just knock out one single and well, I'm, and go I'm to the front. I'm not saying that uh, the current system is is a, uh, of qualifying is perfect or anything. I like it. It's worked pretty good. Uh, we've talked on previous shows about how you thought that you didn't like the way IndyCar did it. I I've I've watched some IndyCar in, uh, qualifying recently and really enjoyed it. So, I mean, where you get the track to yourself and all that. So, uh, but I, I saw you put into, into the notes here about Sebastian Vettel and Lewis Hamilton have slammed the idea of a reverse grid and used the B word uh, that has to do with cows about the idea and say it's completely wrong for the sport. So, uh, I, I I agree with that. I don't I don't think that's the answer, and I don't think that. They, I, I, you know, it talks about Charles Leclerc was, he was also unimpressed at the idea of the fastest, uh, fastest people being forced at start. And that's, that's the thing. Who wants to see the fastest, you know, being rewarded with starting at the back? Yeah. 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 All right. Well, with a couple of more I, I, stories I want to talk about here. Can I stray uh, away from Formula One? Yes, at of some course point, can. We can save it for the end or not. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Adrian Newey. Had a cool has a cool venture that it looks like he is joining Extreme E. And if you're not familiar with Extreme E, it's electric <laughs> off road racing. I d- <laughs> no 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 no. <laughs> knew Perfect that would come timing. Up. I knew Perfect that would come timing, up. Casey, the producer. That was awesome. <laughs> he, it's like he had Casey his runs on the this button. train. I tell you, he does run this train well. <laughs> Uh, I'm looking at the photo. You know what? The photo looks pretty cool because it looks like a, you know, big giant wheeled uh, badass rally car, but it's electric. I mean, you know me, I have not poo-pooed electric completely by far. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's a cool series. Check it out. It's extreme-e.com. Locations are a variety of uh, environments. And they've got the Arctic, they've got Glacier. It's going to be a race in one of the rainforests, in the deserts, and uh, near the oceans. And so it, I love that they started out with that way, focusing on the variety of climates. 
that are around it. And certainly there's going to be environmental uh, studies and research around this. So absolutely. Adrian Newey, this is going to be cool. <laughs> I'm looking at the cars and they look like Need for Speed or Forza. Not not even Forza because Forza uses, you know, cars that are um, that are on track. I mean, that are real cars. I, I'm trying to think what's that. There, there's anyway, it looks like a video game car, which I'm not necessarily a bad thing at all, actually. Oh, the the uh, there's the one pictures here in, yeah. in, the, in the article you hit it put in here about Extreme E. Yeah. Yeah. So check that out. I'm I'm going to pay attention to it. Hey, with Adrian Newey getting involved in it, I that's think it's, why I'm, I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it's, I mean, that's certain. That's why he's involved in it. He, he's going to head up a team apparently, right? Yeah. We'll, we'll see how far he goes with it, but uh very cool setup. It's uh, got a few folks in it that you'll hear of. Uh, some of the, uh, Jamie Chadwick from the W series oh, really? is yeah. being talked about possibly joining in. Well, you know, there's been talk of Jamie Chadwick. Um, was it you or Jonathan telling me about Jamie Chadwick, you know, some pathway to Formula One? I don't remember what this was, but we had her on the show right after she won her first race. And let me tell you, she was, you can go back in the archives of our shows online and look. Um, and she was impressive. She's really smart. She was really, I don't know. I, she just, the word impressive came to mind when we had her on. So she was, uh, I, you know, I'd love to see what she can do. And obviously she did a great job in in Formula, uh, the in the W Series, Formula W, I was about to call it. Yeah, yeah. could do that too. I hey, think it's cool. Uh, we talked about it in the pre-show, but I want to bring this up one more time, is that the uh, the Formula One festival in Los Angeles, the same week of the United States Grand Prix, and that's, what they're, that's why they're doing it. They're bringing it to Los Angeles, and it's October 30th, and they're going to have a, the same kind of festival that they've had. I mean, it, the reason I'm bringing it up is I just want to talk about the focus of Formula One on the United States market. And they're obviously pushing hard to, to try to get a race here in the United States. And I think that, that uh, but it's going to happen. Another an additional race on top of code. I think it's going to happen. Oh, I think it will. And I think it'll be a street race. I think that'll be, you know, just about a given, uh, just because the investment is t- so totally different yeah, yeah. for a street race. It also leaves them the unless flexibility to move somewhere else. Yeah, unless you to return to to an older race. Now, now I would honestly love to see an F one car take Laguna Seca oh, or some yeah. of these, just to see what it would do. I mean, you know, maybe Red Bull would go do an exhibition there. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I want to see the second race. Absolutely, I want to see the calendar juggled around more. So, you know, we've talked about having Mexico and you know, the Austin race so close together. I feel like they kind of sabotage each other that way. I'd rather see that Canadian race in the spring followed by either or either Austin or, uh, Mexico city, and then come back towards the end of the summer, you know, towards the fall and catch the other stop in another pass through here. Yeah. It's a tricky strategy to try to come up with the best way to not, damage what you've got here in Austin because you you know you don't want to you don't want to mess it up yeah uh you know because you you know uh, as we all know Formula One races are somewhat tenuous no matter what I mean look when you've got Silverstone <laughs> the, occasionally going we're not going to be able to do a race again this year right I mean you know that this is this is a delicate balance to be able to keep a race and you know look at Austin dealing with our 
our reimbursement fund, you know, that the, yep. the, the government reimbursed for the tax revenue, which I'm calling it correctly, by the way, a reimburse yes. and not a not a gift. But, uh, you know, it's a it's a delicate situation and you don't want to you don't want to mess it up. So, I, you know, I don't, I don't really know the best way to do this. Well, you know, we've had the opportunity to have discussions with quite a few people around Formula One. And it's uh, it's one of those things that we hear all these high dollars around Formula One being spent. But quite honestly, the revenue for anybody else is paper thin. Yep. All right. Well, we've got to wrap it up. We thanks everybody for tuning in today. And check us out on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com. We've got lots of information uh, up there, lots of content. We put up content every week. Sometimes it's that you don't hear on the show, interviews and such. And, of course, we will, uh, we'll of course, do our, our Formula One pre- and post-race shows in a regular Sunday night show. And check us out on all our uh, podcast platforms, iTunes and uh, all the rest. Thanks a lot, and we'll talk to you next week. Ciao, y'all.